What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 177 of the Cheesy Controller Podcast. I'm your host, Anton LaFlat. Joining me, as always, we have the Race Race Durag Madrid Devon. We're talking deck builders. And we have the founder, the owner, the man behind FTO Nerd Talk, D. I am the knight. I'll be going. We got a jam-packed episode for you guys this week. We're going to be talking about the Nintendo Indie World Showcase. We're going to talk about FIFA. We're going to talk about Gotham Knights. We're going to talk about more MCU and DC-related things. We're going to talk about Elden Ring, and we're going to get into some of the podcasts that we're into aside from our own. So if you want some podcast recommendations, stick around. D, you're joining us for the first time on the Cheesy Controller Podcast. For those who don't know, who are you? What do you do? And just, what's your deal? Give us, give us your spiel. Okay, <laughs> that's my deal. Uh, society sucks. That's my deal. Uh, no, uh, I am. I'm D. After your nerd talk, I. <laughs> well, you know, it's not, at least I'm being honest. Uh, I. I started FTO about 10, 11 years ago, and I talk about just nerdy stuff, man. Like, um, I started out not, not having the, the goal I have now. The first goal I have was just like, you know, like, just to talk about nerdy stuff, to put my face on YouTube, to talk about uh, comics that are coming out, talk about uh, the news that are out there. I've always been a big fan of, uh, of nerd news, because how are you supposed to be in the know unless you know? And then, like, you know... I started gravitating towards my kids. Like, uh, I didn't see much representation for me or my kids out there, like, in the nerd world. And for, like, 10, 11 years now, man, like, uh, I've been pumping it out there. I've been, I would say, trolling, but I've been leaving comments in write, write, uh, writers and artists' uh, inboxes or comments saying, hey, why don't you have any color, people of color inside of this? And why aren't there any LGBT characters in, uh, in your stories, in your TV shows? And I've been... After I got on IG for FTO, I've been gravitating more towards like people of color, black people, brown people, uh, cosplay, uh, comic books, uh, TV shows, producers. I've been trying to put their work on the limelight, like uh, like Pan Asian Americans. Just uh, anyone out there like who is a person of color who is seen as marginalized. I've been trying to put their work on the forefront of FTO, and it's like you know. Have it be nerdy, have it be fun, and I'm not taking myself as serious as I used to. So everything I'm doing now is just is just having fun with the established people like I've been talking to, all the acquaintances I've made, and like uh, it's it's a journey, man. FTO is just like one big one big process to see what happens with it. Well, yeah, that's yeah, actually that's, that's dope. how we first heard about you. Is you were highlighting us like a few years ago, and I yeah. remember. You posted the, you actually made like a post about us and like I showed that to everybody and it was really kind of a really cool moment. And that's one thing I've noticed. I've been listening to your podcast the past few weeks now and that's one thing you have a very positive outlook and you like you your podcast and like your entire brand is like informative 
but positive. And so, like, you talk about the things you want to talk about. You can really hear, like, the things you're interested in. Like, I know you're a Batman fan. I know you have a Batman tattoo. I see Batman. Oh, you have a huge Batman <laughs> tattoo. Say it with your chest. It's like, yeah, it's right here. <laughs> Like you see a guy, you see a guy standing outside with a Batman tattoo in the chest. You usually don't mess with him. So, <laughs> really, <laughs> I'm real. I actually just watched the Batman um, on Sunday. Yeah, I watched yeah. it last week. First time. Yeah. What you guys think? Yeah. I mean, overall, uh, I feel like DC has been trending. Like the individual DC things have been get like getting better. Especially on the live action front. So like between the Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, and the Batman out of the live action DC stuff that I'm keeping up with. That yeah, their animated have always been like Oh yeah, they're animated. Tier. I have like DVDs of uh there was a Batman like anime anthology that I remember in like middle school that was like the coolest thing I had ever seen. I thought that actually jump kick like that. That's this new brand of DC animated films was like that Batman Gotham Knights series. I think it was. It was like four different shorts of Batman stories. They had like yeah. different artists, few different stories. That, that that's what kicked all all of this new branch of DC animation. Like that kicked it off. Yeah, that, but that, that was that was years ago. Yeah. <laughs> And they're so good. They're still going strong, man. Yeah, People I mean, they really, well, if you can milk it, milk it. And it, if right? it's still doing good, if you're still like hitting original enough content that's fresh and fun, you I mean, keep it's better what the MCU is doing, exactly. It's still like giving you the same recycled things all over again. So, and for those of you who don't know, I am not an MCU fan. Just so, oh. just so everyone out there knows, like, I do not yeah, like I, the MCU. Whatsoever. I, I, I fuck I'm with the fan. MCU, but I will also, I will also keep it a buck with the MCU. Yeah, that's it's, it's like a love hate thing. People you know? <laughs> act like it's the second coming of Christ or something. I'm like, no, I like keeping up with it. It's enjoyable. It's like a show, at like, yeah. and I mean the shows kind of have helped with that because I've seen all the Disney Plus shows except Hawkeye, and I, those were like weeks. I'm not week. watching that. And then every <laughs> once in a while, like I'll sprinkle in. Well, the movie release cadence has been like good enough that I was able to see Spider-Man and really enjoy that. I watched Doctor there's Strange a, and I was like, doing like every two months. That's right. what it feels like. Yeah. And like, that's what they were doing for like every three to four months, a new MCU film will come out. Like it would yeah. just, if I one. didn't, if I didn't skip Eternals, like I, I would have been seeing MCU just like I, every I waited, quarter. Like Shang-Chi and Eternals. I just waited for those to hit Disney plus and watch those. I was like, I did go no. to theaters to see Shang-Chi and it was fire. I went to the drive-in to see Spider-Man, and I went to the theater theater to see Doctor Strange, and I saw it in 3D. It was cool. Wow. Sam, Sam Raimi thinks it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that, after the fact, I realized that those were Sam Raimi things that I noticed about the movie. I'm like, that's kind of weird. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> this, this track, this is just Sam Raimi being Sam Raimi. I mean, you know, I'm like, really cool with them using the directors because Taika Waititi, Thor Ragnarok is still an amazing movie. 
And it's just because it's a Taika Waititi movie that happens yeah. to be in the MCU. There you go. It's not. Yeah. It's not very much a, a Thor story, but it is a. It is a hardcore. I mean, it's uh, a Thor. Uh, it's like comic accurate in certain uh, ways. To Thor. I would go that. I would. I would go that far. <laughs> I would. I would say all that. <laughs> well, I mean, Love and Thunder is the next one, and those they're literal shot for shot. Like they show the shot with the panel from. The Love and Thunder arc of Thor in the comics. So yeah, and I mean, so I'm not as familiar with. You should listen to his trailer bait. <laughs> well, no, I feel like those things are actually going to be in the movie because never know. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, you you, you really <laughs> never know. You're right. Or like the connotation is completely different, and they're like, "All right, you done taking that photo? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, thank you for flicking me up, mate." I'm not, I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with uh, Zack Snyder and his uh, his material work with DC and his fans who prop it up. But they, they talk about like his shot-for-shot remakes of the panels and comic books all the time. And uh, just because a person can do a shoot-for-shoot remake does not does not mean that like it, it, it gathers well from the source material. This is coming from, like, from a, a comic book purist. But, uh, did yeah. you like the Snyder cut? And you know what? The Justice League Snyder cut? I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I did. Like I, I like this. Right? <laughs> like no, no lie. Like I'll be. I'm like this. is so much. better. But I'm the like, damn, yeah. this this shit is long, long. <laughs> right. I saw it one time and segments. just noped out. I was like, <laughs> do I care about the Justice League that much? I was like, not really. Not and really. that brings me back. That kind of brings me back to the Batman. Like I'm like, damn, this movie is really long as hell. I yeah. watched it. It, it took me two days. <laughs> I Only that. because I saw, of timing. Timing. I saw things, that theaters. Like, I had to sit in theaters. I had to go pee quite a few times as I watched that movie. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I I I, I kind of enjoyed it though. It was cool. I'm like, yeah, they're supposed to be doing a sequel. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely I'm watch in, that. I'm in for it. I'm in for a sequel and in a couple of TV shows. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, in a couple of TV shows. Yeah, because I mean, they're, after Peacemaker, they're making them TV shows. Peacemaker really restored my faith in so, on so many levels. That show was just, and I mean, it's James Gunn, so. That's a whole conversation, also. I'm not a big, I'm not a big James Gunn guy. Oh. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Like, thank you guys for the wrong guess on your show. Like, I do not. I know we talked about me being positive. I do not like James Gunn's work, but I did like the show. Hey man, let, let it <laughs> I was, I, yeah. I was taking some James Gunn slander. I will take some James Gunn slander. I fuck with Guardians, but I would take James Gunn slander. I don't mind. Uh, I actually, I'm, a, I'm an enthusiast. He, he's, he's a he's a creative writer. I'll say that he's a creative writer. He uh, he knows how like the the toe that line of entertainment and like you know cringe. He's like the the Howard Stern of like directors right now when it comes to <laughs> seeing his films. And like you know, like all his fart and 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 penis and poop jokes that he puts out there all the time, like that's that's what I'm getting at. But like the cringiness of his, but uh, he, he maybe it's just because I'm immature. Me. The poop and <laughs> fart and dick jokes, like it's refreshing. Like nobody's that, making that, dick jokes, <laughs> and like James We're... Gunn makes really good dick jokes. I mean, that could be it. That could be it. That could be the reason to it. Right, I'm in for the ride of like take these really serious core things and like add levity to, through just like pure crude humor, you know, like 
Oh, I get that. And, I get that. Like, you know, and there's a base for it, too. So, like, people like it, people get into it. That's their, that's their bread and butter. But, yeah. Yeah. For <laughs> me, and that's kind of one of the strengths of his, in my opinion, is he'll use that, like, just base level slapstick humor. And then, like, when the, like, moments, like, the big story moments hit, they really hit, even in the same, like, in Peacemaker, it'd be the, like a super serious scene, the like comedy of the opening, straight into like just like the structure of that show specifically and how perfect the theme song was and the dance and how like committed to the bit it was with itself. Like, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And I feel I like that. that's. Like yeah, I. It's easy to write a fart joke, but yeah, you know, if you're good at writing fart jokes, write your fart jokes, and I, you probably if you get a good <laughs> laugh out of me, like a, a authentic, like, <laughs> and that was one of the things as far as watching that show. There were multiple times I actually just genuinely laughed, and. So for me, it, but it also it was a, like, there was another kaiju. <laughs> yeah. And like, so the threads that even brought from the Suicide Squad movie with it not being the Suicide Squad just over again, I, I enjoyed it. I could feel that. Like, I really do. That's fair in my eyes. Like, you know, I see like the, like the appeal because like he did layer out like the, the emotional parts, the dramatic parts, even like, you know, the the emotional awareness or like the the contextual awareness, like of different people, like in like how they identify and things like that. He he did a good job of writing that into the story and like I won't take that away from what he did. But uh like his endings. I don't, I'm not a real big fan of his endings. Like this is I like I think it looks like it'll get better with time. And I, I may not watch Guardians of the Galaxy Three, I didn't watch two, but uh like, uh, I'll watch more DC property of this. Let's put it that way. I'll, I'll watch some more DC stuff that he puts out there. Yeah. And, I mean, that's... It's the same thing with the Harley Quinn show as far as, like, a DC property that kind of knows what it is, has the right people mm-hmm. working on it, and... Yeah, I guess I haven't really... Unless there's something that I just don't realize. Like Taika Waititi, I didn't realize I was a Taika Waititi fan until like I was just looking up some of his work for Thor Love and Thunder references. And I was like, oh, I was like, I like this. I like this. I'm like, in theory, I'd like this. I probably should go watch this. And so, and it's like a similar thing with, Sam Raimi, like, I know Sam Raimi did Spider-Man, but there's all this other Sam Raimi stuff that I enjoyed. Doctor Evil Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Evil, I Death, Evil seen, Death definitely go to. Yeah, I haven't seen Evil Dead, and there's the Evil Dead game coming, so... Wow. Is there somewhere yeah. I can watch Evil Dead? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It has to be streaming somewhere. It has to be, it has to be streaming somewhere. I feel somewhere. like something that would be on... It's either on Hulu or Amazon. <laughs> it's, uh, it's worth it though. E- even the remake is uh, is worth watching. To be honest, with you. I think the remake is pretty good because it's a continuation of the original. So like I was going to say, like, 
Yeah, Evil Dead is out there. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little weird. Yeah, it's a little weird. I mean, I'm down uh, for the weird. Like, we've been. It's, it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Cool. It's on Amazon and Pluto it's, TV. It's, Pluto, yes, <laughs> it, it's on one of those kind of. I'm not going to say off-brand, but yeah. What's the one? Uh, Shutter, the horror one. That's a that's a thing. Yeah, it's like a horror-based streaming service called Shutter. Oh, I remember that. With with two Ds, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh man, there are, heard of there are some streaming services out there. When you don't like just go through the <laughs> Roku store, Retro Crush is like a great. Oh, Retro anime Crush resource. is that shit? I just, <laughs> I put my niece on. I was like, you need to watch the retro anime. Retro Crush. <laughs> Please, I'm trying to. I want you to be cultured. You need more than just modern day battle shonen. You need, you need your your mechs, your uh, shojo, your slice of life, your magical girls. Ma- oh, <laughs> you need your magic, sweetie. You, you need the magical magic girls. girls. Yeah, and like they they've made them less objectified. Like so, they definitely go for the magical girls. Oh yeah. Well, these yeah. are their, like retro crushes. Actually, retro stuff. So, but I feel like they do they do a good job of choosing the things that hold up. But not, not everything on there holds up. No. <laughs> No, 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 it doesn't. <laughs> no. Like a, a lot of old, old, older animes are like absolutely cursed. Like, um, like the Ghost Stories dub, cursed. <laughs> I like that. Is that is that like a is that like cultural term? Is that called anime curse, or that's something that that's not a U original? Um, I, I feel like that's a cultural thing. Yeah, I'm not cursed. sure. That's wow, like a Twitter that's a, that's thing. A We're really Twitter, and like Twitter yeah. is really good at just giving you cursed. <laughs> just utterly cursed images. I mean, yeah, because it's kind of hard to go back to some of these shows. I feel like uh, Rama towed that line sometimes. Rama yeah. one half, it, it tows yeah. it tows that line. Like, can I can I keep watching this or can I not watch this anymore? Yeah, yeah. The, like the pervert character is always like, it's like, oh wow, they actually were going too far all the time, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, damn. <laughs> if, if it wasn't for Super, uh, pretty much. Almost omitting Mr. Popo except for one episode, I would not be watching Dragon Ball anymore because I I can't be messing around with that anymore. I can't. I just can't be doing Mr. it. Mr. Popo can't, yeah. can't do it. Well, can't I mean, the good thing about that, as far as anime and there are a lot more people going. Like Japan's Damn. opened up. So, like, Japan was a really isolated society, and they would do certain things that, in their context, wasn't necessarily racist. And now they're starting to understand through having black fans, like, Mm -hmm. oh, shit, we were racist. Yeah. (laughs) like perpetuating racism. But it's like, at the same time, if you look look at some of the media they were exposed to. Right, and if you think about some of the Western media about Japan, American racism. Oh, oh no! Like I see what you guys are doing. Like you're trying to justify. I'm not giving them any excuses. They messed up. Oh no, no, no! I'm not giving them any excuses. I'm just, I'm trying to make the point that we're also racist. Well, not us specifically, but like this country. (laughs) 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 That's a that's a joke in here. But I'm not going to say that on your show. But yeah, no, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. (laughs) I hear you completely. All right, so this is the part of the episode where I remind myself that this is a gaming podcast, and 
Sorry, I was gonna say something. <laughs> oh, no, you're good, man. Um, but since we have a Batman DC super fan on the podcast, you actually came on a great week because we got some new news about uh, Gotham Knights. I heard. I was like, I wrote down in my notes. Like, I got to talk to these guys about this in my notes and, like, uh, get it out there because that's going to piss off a lot of fans. Uh, the thing is, with that, it is, but I think it's going to let the game be a better game because this wasn't necessarily something that happened even with any of the previous Arkham games. And especially for WB Montreal, which is the developer of this game. Right. They their last game was Batman Arkham Origins, which is the only Batman well. game to never well, I it had critical success. It just kind of is the black sheep because the rest are developed by Rocksteady. So right. it's the only one not to get like a remaster in any form. It's stranded on Xbox 360 and PS3. I don't even think it's backwards compatible on the Xbox side. But cross-gen is not something that they've had to deal with. And historically speaking, when uh, WB does cross-gen games, they don't necessarily do well. Like, the last-gen version is always, like, significantly worse than the current-gen version. And we're enough, we've been enough time into this current generation that them being one of the first like AAA third-party multi-platform games to drop last gen. I mean, this is only going to become... They're one of the first dominoes to fall, and that's why I feel like there's a loud outcry. But we're at the point in this generation that we're going to have to drop the old consoles so we can start really using the power of these newer consoles. Um, I've, I've gone through this, this, uh, console exchange since, you know, since the beginning, since, uh, since Nintendo, I don't want to go fully back to say it's Atari, but since Nintendo, like the original Nintendo, I've gone through like the console exchange, like from Nintendo to Super NES, Super NES, GameCube, like I've gone through like that, that console exchange in with PlayStation and Xbox also. And it, uh, it, it's not. A painless transition. It never is. It's always very painful. And like I get what you're saying. I get what, what Montreal game is saying also. Like it's gonna be a better experience for the gamers because like you'll have people actually playing it all on the same console. But like I don't think the consumers they, they never really appreciate or accept this transition. Like it's never it's never been like a peaceful transition of, of consoles right. with any game. And especially last gen just there are just so many ps4s and xbox ones out there yeah and i mean they're really losing a lot of sales but i think in the long run it'll be better for this game in particular because it won't be held back in any way they can actually put their best foot forward they won't have the issue that cyberpunk had where cyberpunk came out cross-gen and everybody said like completely just demolished cross gen. What's that cyberpunk's problem? Was like was it not like completely developed yet? 
It didn't have enough polish on it for like, like it, it didn't. for the there for no the lower game. scale version. Even now, right. with its most polished form, like in a decent state, in the game is an acceptable. Like they could have launched it like this. It's still not good on a PS4, or Xbox One. And even with all the bug fixes and updates and like tweaks and all the things with over a year of additional development post launch, it's still not good on last gen consoles. So you agree, you agree with, uh, with Montreal games. Like, like this wouldn't be a good experience for someone who has an Xbox one or PS4. Like you agree with that. That's what you're saying. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, okay. Because on the Xbox side, I've, and that's like, I'm really particular about like frame rate and resolution in my games. Like I play on a 4k monitor and I'm really sensitive to frame rate as far as I've legit got motion sickness off of like games with like stuttery frame rates and stuff like that. So, and I mean, to like give a good example, and this actually can like help me talk about one of our other topics. Uh, I got Monster Hunter Rise on PC, and Monster Hunter is one of my favorite game franchises. Like Monster Hunter World, literally changed my life as a gamer, and so for me, Monster Hunter is just like one of those franchises. It's just a really special game to me, and we played. A thousand plus hours of Monster Hunter on PlayStation and then Rise, the new Monster Hunter game, was exclusive to Switch and runs at 30 frames per second, 720p cap, and going from 60 frames per second, I, I want to say it was probably a locked 1080p, even that transition, and then now playing Rise on PC playing that at 4k 60 frames per second like greater texture detail i think games running not holding back games so like i completely understand a lot of the games that are cross-gen now are ps4 xbox one games that get optimized for the newer consoles but when games come out side by side, there's like Elden Ring is a great example. Elden Ring came out day one, native current gen and last gen versions. And the last gen versions just across the board were inferior to the current gen versions. And so, and with WB, so last generation Shadow of Mordor was a great example of a game that was a Warner game. Right, and a lot of controversy around it too because of that because of what we're talking about now, essentially, yeah. Right, because they released it cross gen. The current gen version was like the better version of the game, critically right. acclaimed. Like, had really great systems, had like a gr- like great player base. It was an early in the generation game, and a lot of people played it, really enjoyed it. 
mm-hmm. said it. That was like one of the games that like Assassin's Creed should be this. But then yeah. you talk about the PS3 version of that game where the Nemesis system, which was one of the biggest selling points of that game and one of the revolutionary things about that game. And like when people think back on that game, they still talk about the Nemesis talk about, system. They they do. I, I like I'm not even big into that game, and like I see that talked about quite often. Yeah. Right. And so instead of them having another situation like that on their hands with this game and there being Mm -hmm. that bad version out there that is just going to be out there in perpetuity, like if you press a disc on PlayStation or Xbox and somebody plays Gotham Knights on a PS4 or Xbox offline it's not going to be a good experience even on day one, but where with the current gen, like out of the gate, it's going to just be a higher quality game. And so instead of dealing with the issues that Warner's faced in the past right. with situations like that, I, I want to say Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is already current gen exclusive. And, and, and I would say it would have to be like given like, you know, the fame and the popularity behind the Suicide Squad and them actually fighting the Justice League. Like, you would want that to be one of your top-tier items. And just like how this game is coming out on the PS4 and Xbox One later on, you don't want that to come out the gate with that and have a glitchy problem that people talk negative about it. Well, no, they dropped it completely. It's going to be a PC, PS5, Xbox Series exclusive. Wow. Yeah. So that was, like, the big news with it this week as far as... They just completely dropped last. Y- you year. have you have to think that they were really like, yeah, this this shit is not going to work because yeah, that, they're missing out on a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, a if lot it's not of shaping money. up, like instead of putting out a inferior version of your product that you know isn't up to your standards. Yeah, especially like it's the Bat family. You know how Batman fans can be about <laughs> stuff crazy. like that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you don't want to put, and the thing is, there are way more PS4s out there than PS5s, and so more people would be able to play it, but more people would be playing the worst version. I I do think that's that's what people look at, though. Like, it's like the, when they come out with games like this, and it is like exclusively for the PlayStation, like the the later PlayStation and Xbox series and PC, that people think like it's all like a shelling out money game. But But here you talk about this, even I thought, like that's that's what it's all about. It's all like a money grab to get people buy console. But like here you talk about this, here your concerns that you have with it. Like it's yeah. like it's a lot bigger than that. Like it's uh it's about their reputation. It's about like a gamer who may have nausea problems when playing games like that. It's about that giving gamers like the best kind of like quality forties games so they don't have to keep getting upset because like, hey, why isn't this game working for me like on PS4? And I hear one on the PS5, so I'm about to have like a really good time. Now I gotta go buy a PS5 because they came out with this game on the PS4. Now I'm upset with them because they came out with this game in the first place when they could have just came out with it on the PS4 instead. On the PS5 instead. Like I, I feel like that's what you're trying to tell me. Like, like it's easier and better to put it out on a console that's that's better suited to play on than bring it on something that is not well equipped for and right. having fans get up, get upset about it. Because you can make the best possible version as opposed to, like, you know, having to seem like, oh, yeah, we can't really do this instant load thing. So -hmm. that's really that's going to change how we build the game, adding more time to it. Right. It it, it definitely makes sense. And you have to think they're like, all right, we're just going to say goodbye to that money. Because honestly, like with the next gen console set up anyway, it's kind of lacking, like as, as far as like PS5s and Xbox Series X's. 
it's just rough getting newer graphics cards rough yeah. chip okay. shortages everywhere agreed i would you rather yeah so i mean really like this might be well i'm not gonna this this isn't i don't think this game is going to sell like xbox series s's but i mean if you got one it's, it's, yeah what's, what's it going when does it come out? Do you guys want to come out? October 25th. Uh, I, I have to disagree with you about that. Dude. Is that, is that the case? Uh, a lot of people will be buying this like in November. A lot of parents are going to be buying this. Parents and aunts and uncles. and it's a, it's a good thing to package along with it. It's like, okay, we're getting the Xbox. Here's the here's your Gotham Knights. And there here's you your, go. Here's, here's your, your Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> here's your, your soccer club. Your GTA 5. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, my GTA. We can be good GTA. I can't be mad at GTA. Like they, they, they take their time. They come up with great content. So I, I can. They got the. That's one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys. Actually, like, what's what's your favorite engine that's out right now? Unreal Engine Five. We've actually been kind of raving yeah. about it lately. Unreal <laughs> Engine Five. I was uh, in a PSN party earlier talking about this. I saw this video on Twitter today. That I thought was just like a TikTok of somebody like standing in a train station yes. in real life. Just okay. straight up like watching. You just scroll past it and be like, wait. Yeah, it's just like. You know, just a train station. Like, what's going just on? Like, subway. somebody's just literally recording a video on their phone in a train station. And then you read what it is. It's actually somebody made a train station in Unreal Engine 5 with that level of realism that unless you told me it was Unreal Engine, I wouldn't have known. Like, legitimately had no idea. Right. Because even when it comes to like graphics in gaming i'm not like one of those hype i need hyper realism you know i appreciate good art styles and i feel like with this engine you can you can do a lot of cool things like with the the products and the features they have in place like it could be really clean or it could be really artistic and it can flow like really smooth to where you can have special effects and just different features that you wouldn't get in a regular game but with this engine i'm i'm looking forward to Unreal Five, I'm looking at it right now. Absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely, like wow. Like the details yeah. is insane. It's like a Japanese yeah. translation that someone recreated. It's nuts. Like if uh, you, you probably saw it on Twitter and just scrolled right past it because you oh. you didn't think anything about it. <laughs> you know what? I <laughs> okay, whatever. I very well could have. You may be right. Like yeah, this is this is like you know, <laughs> like, a, like a random TikTok video someone is like putting out there. But wow, it's the it's the Ichu Damien Station. In Japan, this is wow. This is nuts. And so that a, that level of photorealism that is just kind of accessible to people, like I know photorealism isn't everything, but in certain situations, the fact be. that <laughs> yeah, it, it could be super useful to, for a game. Yeah. Like I just saw this new Superman uh, Unreal. Engine demo. I'm not sure if you guys have seen it or not, but it's uh, it's someone who made like a a mock Superman game with the, I think with the Matrix engine, yeah. and they put Superman yeah. into a cave and, and put him into Unreal Five uh, simulation. Uh, yeah. It looks all those assets are already available. Huh? It's spectacular. Is uh, if if they put like a Metallo or Brainiac or any like the heavy hitters of Superman, have them do random mm-hmm. missions of saving people every once in a while, like this this game. Like, Metropolis looks gorgeous in this. Like, it looks absolutely stunning inside of this. And uh, I've been wanting to post this for a while. 
for all the people who have like the actual and like the video of it is uh game rants and they they talk a lot over their videos but uh this is, this is insane. <laughs> well, that name, it makes sense. oh i've well, seen like, some the, game the, 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 videos so <laughs> i get what he's saying i've definitely come across some of the some game rank stuff they 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 know their stuff. I'll say that they know their stuff, but they do they do, they get a bit elongated with their words when they're when they're talking about a review or something like that. But that, you know, it's YouTube, so that's what you're supposed to do. But yeah, man, it looks good. It looks really good. Like that that engine is insane. I, I figured that would be your answer for that question. I do have another question for you guys. It's uh, <clears throat> how how are you liking the new games, like the 2021, 2022 games? Are you guys liking those games? So for me, Elden Ring is an early contender for game of the generation. Like we have a new Monster Hunter expansion coming out soon. As far as 2021, for me, it's been hard to play anything new other than Elden Ring. Cause like, it's not yeah. every day you Immersed. get a generation defining game. And yeah. I tore through that game hundred plus hours, platinumed it. Mm did as much side content as possible watched hours and hours of youtube lore videos really just kind of it's for me it's the first from soft game that i'm immersed in this way and it's really for me yeah 2021 is already a great year in gaming for me personally because of elden ring i know we're getting a monster hunter expansion in june and then i know we're getting God of War allegedly this year, so right. It's supposed to be this year. This we'll this year we'll next believe year, it when we see it. I mean, yeah, and they, there's they a chance a Final games. Fantasy 16 might happen this year, and that ooh. Yeah, that's Kingdom what Hearts also. That's what I'm excited for. Kingdom Hearts is Kingdom at Hearts. least four or five years away. Don't we, is it really? We don't put, yeah. We oh we don't even put a date on that. Don't yeah. even put a year. <laughs> don't put a tangible number on it. Right. Honestly, it's a forget away. it exists. Like yeah, well, that's when they, your they best had the demo. Forget it. The demo like the week before. They showed right. a video of like a very controlled vertical slice. It was like a teaser trailer for the it's game. It's like, hey, here's what we think we want the game to right. look like. It wasn't even in the engine that the game's actually going to be in. <laughs> wow. All so, right. Well, note this out. Because aren't they going to use Unreal 5? Yeah, they're going to use Unreal 5. They and that was on Unreal 4. And Unreal 4. So, yeah, Kingdom Hearts 4 is. Like, we actually, there's an episode going up tomorrow about this that we did after last week's episode where we talked about Square Enix and kind of where they stand because a lot of developments happened with them, like, recently. And so that was one of the things we talked about is how Kingdom Hearts 4, like, we had a Kingdom Hearts super fan on the episode with us. And even he was like, yeah, no, don't, that." No, (laughs) like all of us, we talked about Kingdom Hearts, obviously, like when you're talking about Square Enix and their I was going to get a PS3 when Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. (laughs) I never got a PS3. (laughs) I never got a PS4. That's one I skipped out on. But uh, but Sonny, like a new game for you, man. Any new game for you that you're uh, you're hardcore Uh into? I, I enjoy I enjoyed Elden Ring. I need to go back and actually finish it. 
Um, honestly, this year, one of the runaway successes for me was Yu-Gi-Oh! Master yeah, Duel. Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel is really good. It, it hit. It <laughs> hit our group, like, hard. It hit hard. Like, we just, I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm running some Yu-Gi-Oh! We started building decks. We 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 went, we went back to dueling. We it, were streaming tournaments. We streaming were, tournaments. Yeah, There's we probably went, more coming. It, yeah, it's de- just fun. It's definitely Bro, more Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments coming. I didn't even play a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh growing. Well, I played it, but I wasn't like into it. Into it, like learning all the rules and then keeping up with like the seasons after base Yu-Gi-Oh, like GX and Five Ds. All that kind of lost me. I got, so I, I, I had fallen out of it. If if that's the case, then like if Yu-Gi-Oh is like a go-to for you, why why uh why Yu-Gi-Oh not Magic the Gathering? I'm curious. If like if you don't have like a, like an attachment to it like that. Well, I did like early on, but it, it, there was just a point where I fell, fell out with Yu-Gi-Oh. So this gotcha. was like me getting back to it. Like Magic, I had I have pretty much no affiliation with Magic. I, I just know about like no the plumber's crack. At the Magic Cons, I know about that. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't really know. I don't know much about the <laughs> the actual subject matter. But yeah, but Yu Gi Oh, I went back to reading the manga like a few months ago, and that was a that was a fairly good time. Wow! Um, so Did the game you got into it. Yeah. Oh, okay. For me, with Yu Gi Oh and Magic: The Gathering, um, growing up, my dad thought both those things were extremely satanic. So I have like almost zero affiliation with either Magic the Gathering or Yu-Gi-Oh. I think the thing with Yu-Gi-Oh for me because I never played the card game growing up. I w- I didn't watch the anime growing up. I read a little bit of the manga because it would be in uh Shonen Jump, which was like a monthly manga magazine. Heard of that. Yeah, so there would be chapters of Yu-Gi-Oh in that, so I'd occasionally read Yu-Gi-Oh, but I'd occasionally read a lot of stuff in that magazine that I just... So it's not really like a... I had Growing up, I just had no affiliation with either, and I feel like even if Magic the Gathering... The thing about this Yu-Gi-Oh game in particular, it's a really good Yu-Gi-Oh game with really good mechanics that's free-to-play, cross-play on everything... I yeah. have my same account across my phone. My they screen, did all my the right things. It's, yeah. it's easy enough to play with your friends and the music. Yeah, slaps. music's top tier in that game. The music's really good. And Magic slaps. just doesn't have that same equivalent. Like, no, there's not a no. free-to-play Magic game on PS5. That if there were something like that, right. I would I would at least try it to see what it's hitting on. Yeah, Especially I, now that I have a taste for card games. Because uh, recently... Um, Slay the Spire. There we go. Slay the Spire was free on PlayStation Plus. <laughs> I knew exactly what he was about. To you, you know where I was going with this. And, you know, it was roguelite deck builder. I was like, all right, you know, I've been hearing about this. Uh, Jalen on the podcast, they were talking about it a lot. He was like, yo, Slay the Spire. Slay. I was like, all right, I'm going to see what it's talking about now. And got really into it. I would just sit back. I'm like, yo, I got like an hour to kill. Just do a run or two, see where it goes. So yeah, Wizards of the Coast. If you want us to try your magic game, make it free to play, (laughs) cross play, cross progression. Give us a native PS5 version, and you know we'll we'll give it a college try. Yeah, there you go, man. There you go. (laughs) I'm gonna tag them inside our Twitter page, Wizards of the Coast. Today pop up. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like Magic I, is still owned by Wizards of the Coast, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wizard, Wizard, Wizarding World, I think it is. Yeah. Well, no, the Wizarding I, I, World is the J.K. Rowling Harry Potter stuff. Oh, we we don't we don't so yeah that. right yeah, yeah no uh, <laughs> yeah I got off. Wizards of the Coast is one thing, Wizarding World totally different thing. Speaking of magic, of that, that brings me to my other game, um, which is really just a PS5 version of Final Fantasy fourteen, since I'm playing through that more, and I'm finally in Shadowbringers, and Shadowbringers is chef's kiss so this this is like playing the most it is playing the best console version of it so i'm really enjoying that so yeah. he's playing one of the best final fantasy stories ever as a final fantasy fan in the best possible way of playing it oh you're console. feeling yourself right now right on man oh yeah Shadowbringers. Mm-hmm. like i did it last year so last year i mean everybody who listens to the podcast knows this but last year uh, one of my New Year's resolutions was to get into Final Fantasy fourteen, and so February, we, like every year, we kind of have Final Fantasy February, where we just kind of like try and play and stream Final Fantasy games and just you know enter back into that like realm of games. And uh, twenty twenty one February, I got into Final Fantasy fourteen and proceeded to play like 600 hours over the course of last year and got caught all the way up. The newest expansion dropped in December, was ready to go day one with that. Uh, Still play pretty much every week, even though like we're kind of content slowed down a bit because the expansion was in December. We just got our first patch with the first part of the Alliance raid, but I've been running that every week. I, and he, I just know where he is in the game and there are, and he's a bigger final fantasy fan than me. He's played more of them. And one of his favorites, oh, yeah, you know, the vibes. He's, he's yeah. gorgeous. I'm watching, I'm watching a video right now on YouTube. Like the, the detail is extraordinary. Uh, oh, if you're watching the end Walker trailer, the game looks nothing like that. Oh, I'm watching. Well, <laughs> if it if it did, that'd be great. But uh, <laughs> this ain't my first rodeo. Like uh, I'm watching reviews of the game, and, <laughs> and uh, it's gorgeous. Like the arena's beautiful. The characters are dynamic. It seems like uh, you get like up to what seven characters you can play at one time on this. Oh, uh, twenty-four. Jeez. No, so, for an alliance raid. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So you can do single player, like the majority of that's the thing people come into it thinking is going to be a multiplayer game. It's a single player game for 90% of like, it's a final fantasy, a really long, really intricate, really well-told final fantasy game. So it's very old school in the manner. Right on. Wow. Well, yeah, it's like, it's a MMO and okay. But it's a lot more single player focused until you really start like every expansion. They're like five dungeons and there's like 10 pieces of multiplayer content out of like a hundred something quests. But they're not trying to be like the next World of Warcraft or something like that. They just want they're bigger than World of Warcraft currently. <laughs> wow. When the yeah. hell did that happen? 
uh, like last year. They had to stop yeah. selling the game at one point because it was so popular and their servers were so flooded. And like they had to just be like, no, we can't sell any more copies of this game. They put like Final Fantasy XI on sale. They were like, just play anything else right now, please. We're, <laughs> we're working gonna, on it. Because <laughs> there's a free trial that lets you play the base game in the first expansion for free and they had to completely shut that off they're like no <laughs> no 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 i don't know who wins like in the cool game off with you two because uh I, I although i don't i don't play any console games right now i play mostly uh app-based games like you know i i got three kids man i don't have time to play console games i just i just yeah. don't sadly but uh i i see the Eld- Elden rings I've been watching that with my kids. We just, you know, we pop it on there once in a while. Watch them, uh, MK Fire and Ice. Love that page. And uh, it's good. <laughs> it's like, it's incredible. Like, the story is wow. Like, and like, the, the character, it's like Shadow of the Colossus meets uh, the original uh, version of the Elden Rings Dark Souls. series games. Yes. Demon Dark Souls. Souls. Thank you. Uh, well, well Demon's Demon Souls, Souls the first is, one, right? Yeah. Demon Souls is like the original, original. And that, but Dark Souls, there are more Dark Souls. Like, <laughs> uh, that was the controller was a bit more cohesive for people to play than like you know Demon Souls. Even the original, because so the, I've played the Demon Souls remake like an extremely small amount of the PS5 Demon Souls remake, and I've played uh, Dark Souls One remastered, and I can tell. Because they have the controls from the original Demon Souls, like their control scheme hasn't really, the core of that game hasn't changed much, all the way from Demon Souls to Elden Ring. Okay. Like there's a through line through Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, Elden Ring. There are enough of these games now from the same developer that, and I mean, now they're copycats. Like, Neo is a really good Souls light game. And so. Let me ask you this. Like, you, you said earlier that uh, Elden Ring is, you know, uh, is, a, is a generational, like, uh, best game. Like, like I guess, like, you mean, like, in the past, like, 10, 20 years, like, this has been, like, one of the best games that you personally have played or, like, seen, like, take to the heights of greatness of gaming that like you had you and your community have seen right now. And like if there are different version games similar to Elden Rings, what makes Elden Rings like the outlier of all those other games? Like what is that that, that makes Elden Rings so much more like a uh, memorable and long lasting than those other games? This one for me personally, so for me this is a special game. And in a lot of ways, like, for me, the games that impact me the most are the games that, like, I have, especially more in recent times, like Monster Hunter, Final Fantasy, are games that are kind of, like, a way for me to hang out with my friends. Like, because especially Mm -hmm. through COVID and stuff, like, not being able to spend time with your friends in real life, having something that you're all having a shared experience with, all learning and discovering things. Like, we all started that first night the game was out and played all the way through the weekend and just all taking different paths, having different stories. And Was it all you guys at one time doing this? I mean, yeah, like, it, well, it was Madrid, me. Yeah, I was in it. And, like, um, it's different. A lot people of people in our, like, 
that you would see in our Discord yeah. or um, just the even we on the Twitch a stream. Active wow. Discord community, and we have mm-hmm. channels based around a lot of these things, and they are there are people that are at this point. I consider all these people friends, like all these people that like we play games together. We talk every day, like these, the games that I can spend time with, with my friends and have a good time. Like the friends are the core of the thing, but Elden Ring was one of those situations where the game. Right. Cause the, just, the, the thing with like Elden Ring and like firm soft games specifically, like there's a lot of, people who take influence from them, but like FromSoft games and Elden Ring specifically, they're like a full package. Yeah. Like this game uh, is complete. He did is the <laughs> game director and he just has a mind for game development. That is like, his answer is poison swamps. <laughs> <laughs> but like he, he drew a lot of inspiration from like things like berserk, like yeah. specifically, so nice. it it's got a lot of those elements to it, and you know he went extra wild because you know um, you can see that in the game also. Like I I actually started watching the new series Berserk on HBO Max because I was watching the the Elden Ring games. Like like I feel like I'm watching Berserk right now because some of the characters remind yeah. me of characters. Oh from that, that yeah, anime. definitely. Like one to one, there's so many like um like sword tributes uh, throughout the map, just like paying homage. <laughs> The huge long swords, yeah. right? Like Guts's Guts's sword is like one of the strongest yeah. colossal great swords, mm-hmm. and it's just, just a straight up a big ass sword. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing special about it. It's just huge. Right on. Yeah, I, I, I think that's pretty awesome. But yeah, so I mean, Elden Ring for me, the last game to make me feel like Elden Ring was Final Fantasy, and then before that, it was Monster Hunter World, and before that, it was Destiny. And all of these are... They're great games on their own merits. Like, I've gone back and played Monster Hunter single-player on PC because nobody else really plays on PC, but, like, I just enjoy that game so much, I'm just going to replay it on a different platform and just <laughs> I get that. have that experience again. Yeah, that experience, yeah. So... And that's- uh, I I did have one more game, one more question for you guys. This will be the last question I have for you, if that's cool. Oh yeah, no, you're good. Uh, you guys told me before you spent a lot of time on Twitch, spent a lot of time on Twitter. So like you know, you got like your own Discord. Like you guys have all these like different platforms and way to communicate with your base. But I wonder like what gaming influencer are you guys into? What gaming influencer do you guys like watching or YouTube channel or TikTok that you guys like gaming wise that you guys like gravitating towards? I'll bring up my podcast feed just to, because like pretty much all the major content creators I follow do a podcast. So (laughs) most recent update, I have your podcast. So I listen to you. I listen to the 85 South show with uh, DC Young Fly and <laughs> that's just like, nothing to do with games. Right, nothing to do with games. <laughs> do you just want gaming stuff? Because there's for me, there's entertainment, there's comedy, there's like educational stuff I listen to, so. You got like a wide array of uh, people you you take your, your cues and information from, it sounds like. Yeah. 
So it's okay. you, you, we got the 85 South show, we have the Kit and Krista podcast, which is uh, Kit and Krista used to host Nintendo Minute, and so they work for Nintendo and like actually would produce content for Nintendo, and now they're doing like a podcast on their own, and I remember watching, like seeing their videos, because that mm. was something that was consistent on like Nintendo's official YouTube, so that was a show I followed for a long time. Uh, you know, somebody they recently did an indie world podcast. That's that's part of one of the latest podcasts. It's an indie world podcast, right? Uh I don't think they've talked about the indie world unless they've done it on their Patreon, but uh their last release for me was yesterday and it was a QA. But they mm-hmm. do stuff on a bunch of different platforms. For me, the main like way I consume content is podcasts. As far as like information and like having people like review stuff like that for me podcast is like the best form to have that information in so i agree gonna, so it's like when, when you're doing something you like you know you don't want to just like have nothing going on inside your head the best way to do it like to put someone talk about something that you're interested in inside of your head so you can do that mindless thing that you're doing and uh not have to worry about anything else no i hear that completely But that's, yeah. that's, that's my go-to. That's my reasoning. Yeah, I don't hang this man. Like in having like wandering thoughts. Like it's better to have like a. I stick with news. Like I wish I had more nerd podcasts. I got to start adding you guys to my my queue now. But oh, yeah. uh, I got yeah. a list for check you. Out, man. I have check out our homies, uh, the Rusty Rupees. Yeah, of Rusty Rupees. They're another black podcast based out of Oakland. Oh, they they're another weekly show. They yeah. They talk video games, wrestling, anime, DC. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Deontay, one of the guys on that podcast, he is a huge DC fan. So, gotta hit him up. Gotta hit him up. Gotta see if I can oh, be yeah. on the show. <laughs> Those are the homies for sure. Um, I'm a big uh, fan. Dead of End, kind of dead funny. End uh, Gaming. Oh yeah, Dead End. <laughs> kind of funny. Dead End Gaming's another. Uh, so Dead End Hip Hop. When we were in the studio, we were in Dead End Studios where Dead End Hip Hop is based, and they run a lot of their other shows out of there. And that was something a uh, group we got to work with a lot was Dead End Gaming. Like, and I still listen to their podcast. Like, uh, they actually had a conversation on their most recent episode that whether or not Kratos was black. I mean, he is. Right, yeah. Kratos is black. I tweeted that. Like, after listening, I was like, Kratos is black. Undoubtedly, it doesn't matter that he's from Sparta. It doesn't matter. He's played by two black actors, so. He's just really ashy. Well, he he has reasons. family on his body, yeah. Like he yeah. killed his, he killed his wife and his kid. Like that's that's his penance. He's he's <laughs> ashy now. He's forever ashy. That's his that's his curse. We got we got life. not bloodbath in the chat from Dead in Gaming. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> You're falling on the wrong side of history here, bloodbath. You got it, Kev. <laughs> we need you to understand that Kratos is black. Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> there there is no there is no ins and out in between about it. Like he is a black dude. Period. But yeah, I mean, it definitely if you want, you have my number now. So if you need recommendations on podcasts, let's see, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, 22 podcasts that I keep up with. 
and some of them like are Japanese culture. Some of them are movies. Some of them are like talking about a bunch of different topics. I have a lot that are nerd focused. I have a lot of podcasts that are local that I can listen to and just really like, I listen to the 85 South show and will be laughing out loud to myself in my car sometimes. So Jesus and Marrow. <laughs> Jesus and Marrow. I if probably you, need to. If add you're that. just trying to laugh, they're so oh back on those guys. Yeah, I used to watch. They haven't dropped a pod in a while. Oh yeah, they're like their Showtime show is is really good. They they post a lot of um, or at least like their pregame before they like right before they go live. Uh, they post stuff like that on YouTube and their interviews. Which a lot of them are just like kind of refreshing and fun because you know it's those two clowns asking questions <laughs> and you kind of bring out a different side of people. Like, like I was randomly yeah. watching the Chadwick Boseman interview and I was just like, "Damn, man, this <laughs> it's just such a good dude." <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that, right. that was cool though. Right, the real one. <laughs> I remember somebody I was talking to recently about like mcu stuff and i was like yeah i really hope we get black panther wakanda forever this year so we could see like how they handle that and i was and it was something and it was like they didn't get that i was that they didn't put two and two together that chadwick boseman was the black panther and that the black that chadwick boseman is now deceased like they just didn't connect those dots and i'm like yeah it's going to be like a thing they're gonna have to tackle and i mean hopefully they do it better than star wars episode 8 did it because there's no reason that the actress dies in real life and then you have her fly through space she gets sucked out into the vacuum of space died rrl you that's a good way to kill her off in canon but nah she had to force fly through space and then die on a planet you mean like off camera Yeah, off camera, I can't even remember. I just remember being like viscerally they, they put a CGI angry. version of her, didn't they? I, I haven't watched the movie, but they put a CGI version of her in the film, didn't they? Well, no, she had finished recording the like she passed after filming was done, but before the movie came out. Okay. And so they still had time to edit it, but yeah, no, they had her fly through space in the movie, like She's on a ship that gets, like, blown up and then, like, is sucked out into the vacuum of space. And they have her force fly to, like, another ship to get saved to then die in another way later on in the movie. Like a pretty big plot device, I think what you're saying. Yeah. I never watched that movie, so I spared myself. The the culture behind Star Star Wars is just... Wait, was that eight or nine that they did that? I think that might have been nine. It had to have been nine because she was in nine. But yeah, so there is something. So we were talking earlier about playing games that are just free on PlayStation Plus because that's kind of like a monthly offering of games. And one of the games we got this month for free was FIFA 22. And so I know you've been playing Madrid. I have actually. I I used to play a lot of FIFA back, um, like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, 
like that was right around the time I was getting back into gaming. Um, my roommate at the time had this is before I got my PS4. My roommate had a PS3 with FIFA 15, so we would just sit around and drink beer and play play FIFA. And then I got a PS4, I got FIFA 16, and it was up from there. Um, but this this kind of got me back into it. Um, it's, it's just a little bit frustrating because all those marginal changes that they made um, over the past, I don't know, five years has turned into a bunch of big changes for like certain things like doing free kicks, um, like certain touches or like certain dribbles. It's a little different. So like my whole play style is kind of out of whack and I'm just trying to get it all back together. And then like the roster on my team, my team is kind of shifted around a little bit too. But besides that, it's, it's been pretty fun. Um, I've been trying to, I, I've played a lot of online matches like during the seasons. I don't want to do the creative player cause I'm gonna get too sucked in. Cause now I'm getting story points and now I'm like invested in this person in particular. <laughs> I, that's I wanna... what actually got me with like the tutorial and starting off. I actually had I Angelina make my character <laughs> look like me. I did like all the matches. I was actually like get, being, getting through the tutorial and like that first mm-hmm. part of the story. That's all that I did. And I had fun. Like name my, that, that's a good way me. to get like people into it. You know, um, like really, I just wanted to do the like the training camps or like the drills. Like that, that's one of the things I, I used to like like doing, like the drills, the mini games, and then take my talents online, and ultimately bash my head up against the wall. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been wrecking up, not but good enough. Like I've been playing with a, as many assists on as possible. I'm mm-hmm. playing like. I definitely don't have what it takes to hop online because I'll just immediately get demolished and demoralized. So <laughs> I'll enjoy my little single player corner of FIFA. But the big news See, is. See, I haven't FIFA. even played Fota yet. Oh, I haven't either. Well, I guess part of the tutorial is. I'm waiting. <laughs> but um, the big news with FIFA this week is that EA is dropping the FIFA name from their games. And they're going to just have EA Sports FC. So, and apparently that's a good thing in, like, soccer fans' opinion because, like, FIFA as an organization isn't always, like, and, like... Oh, there's there's shit. Like, I noticed, like, one of the things... I I didn't see, like, any of the African League teams, um, like, flipping through the, like, the national teams because usually they would have at least, like, um like Ghana or the Ivory Coast or something like that. <laughs> Cameroon, no. Nigeria, no. None of those teams. So it's like, what's going on here? This is like a FIFA licensing thing? Or they're like, yeah, nah, you don't have to include them. Well, no, that has, so all the like licensing stuff that they have in place, they're going to continue to have in place. They're just not going to call the game FIFA anymore like that's pretty much the only change that's going to happen is and I mean internationally speaking FIFA the video game is more recognized like when you say FIFA more people assume you're talking about the video game than the actual football soccer organization so like Mm -hmm. they're at the point that a few years down the road once everybody understands that it's just EA football club EAFC, like it'll have its acronym and it'll just kind of ride out like that. And 
they get to disassociate themselves from like a corrupt um organization that like has not been looking good in the past few years and even like soccer fans like don't like they're they're saying this is a good thing for the genre in general because a lot of people aren't going to be associating the game with the organization anymore Right, because even even me, like when I think about FIFA, I think about the game. That was my first exposure to it. Like my cousin had FIFA on PlayStation One. <laughs> I had FIFA on my first FIFA game was the World Cup game on GameCube because Trinidad was in the World Cup that year, and it was, it was an excuse for my parents to buy me a game. I think that was like World Cup two thousand four, maybe. But who was who was that soccer game on GameCube? Mario Strikers? It wasn't Mario Strikers. <laughs> it it kind of had like the same energy. I think it came out before Mario Strikers, though. Oh, I don't know. I was... I'm gonna do some, I'm gonna do some Googles. Yeah. Um But yeah, for me, I know FIFA as the video game before I know it as the association and so just for me you guys got me for a loss when it comes to sports games this is uh this is definitely yeah, not i'm i'm not, not a sports gamer like for me sports games it kind of goes more in the direction of skate like because i actually used to skateboard and so playing skate I never was like a big Tony Hawk fan because that was a lot more like vert and flying. Like I would actually skate through the streets of Atlanta as a high schooler. So then playing a game more focused on street skating and like the community aspect of game of skating like that for me, like I'm super excited for skate Four. Like whenever like they've officially announced it, I can wait. Like there was actually some beta test footage of that that leaked out kind of recently and it seemed like they were focusing on the community like playing a game of skate with your friends like having trying to like race like doing different things that you we would actually do as a group of friends back then like while skating it seems like they're focusing on that aspect of the game and as long as they get that right Like, we know their mechanics have been good. Like, every skate game plays well, and they just kind of incrementally improved as the series went on. And so, like, they could really just, like, I have recently played Skate 3, and Skate 3 still holds up as a good game, especially on Xbox, because it's backwards compatible, and so it runs at a higher frame rate, higher resolution. Like, and they brought the online servers back on for it, so... For that game to be alive and thr- like it has its c- small, tight knit community around it, and those are the type of people that I want to play skate games with anyway. So I'm super stoked for Skate Four. Yeah, that should be dope. I'll maybe I'll finally go check out a skate game. All right, so Madrid, uh, I wanted to ask you about this on the FIFA end. Um, I know the World Cup sure. is this year. So, how does FIFA handle it when the World Cup 
is going on in like the era of like updates and patches and DLC because I remember back the last time I was <laughs> I I'm not sure. Okay. I remember they they did like a they would have like a FIFA World Cup edition where they would have all the national teams and like the updated rosters. Um so maybe maybe that's what they'll do, but I, I thought this would have been like a FIFA World Cup edition. But I, maybe that comes out later. Yeah, I'm not sure. Especially the with them changing the name later, now. Yeah, well, that's not till next year. So it'll mm-hmm. be the 2020, the end of 2023 game that will be the first one to have the EA Sports FC. So FIFA EA 23 FC. <laughs> yeah, FIFA 23 is going to come out at the end of this year, and mm-hmm. that's still going to be FIFA 23. Also, this that's going to be the last, the last one with the, the FIFA brand attached to it. It's uh, 23. Yep. The one that comes out later this year, the holiday season this year. Okay. There was a Nintendo Indie World showcase today. Um, I skimmed through it. There was only one game that spoke to me, and like that game spoke to me when it was originally revealed. Like they revealed it at a PlayStation press conference or a state Mm. of play a few months ago. And what game you're talking about then? Was was it Ooblets? No. Uh, Ooblis no, just looks like uh, Pikmin. Right? It looks like <laughs> Pikmin, Stardew Valley. It, it's just a lot of these games look like cozy, like, and I'm not like I have those certain. You cozy don't enjoy games the cozy games. There are certain ones that I like, but I am not like I don't need all my games to be cozy. Like I have unpacking on my PS5, and I want to play that, and that's a really cozy game, and I have. Cozy mm-hmm. Grove on PlayStation as well, and Cozy's literally in the title for that one. So there were a lot of cozy games in this, and I mean, if that's your deal and that's the kind of game you're into, like more power to you. Like there are some showcases that have come out, and I'm like, is this Coat is just... of the Lamb cozy? Oh, well, yeah, I just I, I, was, I, was, I was I was messing with you anyway. I figure a farm simulator isn't really your cup of tea. So. Well, I mean, that, if Chris were on the show, Chris is a huge Stardew Valley fan and plays Harvest Moon and stuff like that. So wow. that really would be up Chris's alley. And but for me, the game that looked cool to me was We Are OFK. And this is we just got more information about the game. We knew it would yeah, follow this game. Flush out more. Yeah. And, like, I see, I know what it's going to be now. It's going to be, like, a narrative-based, story-based, like, choices affect your action, like, very gameplay-light type of game. But it's going to be the story of this band. They're releasing weekly episodes that are all going to be based around a song, and they're going to be releasing the song that that level's based on, like, week to week, and... For so it's me, about like, to be an, an interactive, immersive album, essentially, or yeah. playlist, maybe? Yeah, and any game that is a mm-hmm. concept album, I've I all that is one thing that gets me every time, like, Amplitude was that, uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts was that, and all these games... Tetris Effect, like, one of my favorite games, definitely of last gen, like, definitely 
I'd say within my top five games of last generation, Tetris Effect, that essentially was a concept album of just like, here goes this collection of music is going to be based around this game. Like the gameplay, the visuals, the music are all working in harmony in a way that like other types of games can't necessarily do. And sometimes right. that's manifested as like a rhythm game. In this case is going to be like Sinar Waldhart's kind of place like Star Fox, like in a weird way. And we are OFK is going to be like a narrative adventure, but it's still going to be based around the music. And so for me, since they announced it, and I think I had just replayed Sayonara Wild Hearts when I saw the announcement of it, I was like, yeah, I'm in for this. And now that we've gotten more information that it's coming this summer, it's going to be a weekly episodic release type of deal. Like, yeah, that's cool. I like that. It's like a TV, TV show mixing with your game. I like that. But yeah, so did anything stick out to you? Well, so D, did you watch it? I didn't get a chance to watch it. No, but I did. I did pull up some highlights. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this total accurate battle simulator. That, oh, tabs. Uh, that seems that seems interesting. Yeah, yeah. Tabs. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've watched some people stream it. It's yeah. Tabs post. is out on other platforms. Tabs <laughs> is great. Is, uh, like it was free on the Epic Game Store, so I technically have it on PC. And so Mm -hmm. that's one of those games. Like a lot of these games that are multi-platform, I'm not going to play them on Switch. And I watch these indie directs more as like, or these indie showcases more as like, not everything is going to be for me here. Like there may be one or two things that I take away from it. And usually when I take those things away, especially if I can play them on another platform, I'll really enjoy them. But in certain cases, like, unpacking the game i was just talking about that was a game that was featured on a previous indie world showcase i was like that looks cool and then it came out on switch and people were saying great things about it and then it finally came out on ps5 this week and so i like i prefer playing all my games on playstation so now i have it here and i'll definitely be giving it a go when you were talking about uh Music-based games. It's uh, Soundfall is a music-based game also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a... It's a looter shooter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Slash sound-based. With co-op. Roguelike. Yeah. I feel like they're putting yeah. too many, like, flavors in it. <laughs> like, I like when it's kind of like a base concept that... Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot going on in that. And Mm -hmm. if I want a game where a lot's going on there, and no offense to this game at all, like none whatsoever. It's an indie game. Like it's definitely. I think that that game could be pretty cool. Like, yeah, it could be running, running with some friends. Like it's it's, it's probably like co-op. So it's just like one friend, you know, you're running through like, yo, I got this crazy guitar build. I still need to beat Stranger of Paradise, so if I'm going to be co-oping anything, we're like it's up to four, up to four players. No, that uh, that cozy little deck builder <laughs> oh, roguelike yeah, to get the, there, uh, deck building roguelike, and I was like, it's from the developers of Slay the Spire, I think, and it's tactical too. So, because I, I, I kind of could tell by the way the cards were positioned that that's going to mean something, so. It seems pretty dope, and it's got town building aspects to it too. 
Uh, the other one. What's the name of it? I need to find that. Well, while you find that, I'll talk about the other game that caught my attention. Um, it's like another crab's treasure. Uh, it's from the same developers of the Agro Crab game. So that looked, I mean, the original one was just gifts for days. Like any two seconds of that game would just make a hilarious gift. So as long as they keep that going and I mean, they, if they, I'm glad the first game did well enough for them to do another game. But yeah, did you find the, uh, find the name of it, Madrid? Wild Frost. Wild Frost is the name of the game? Yep. Okay. That sounds like a developer name. That'd be like Wild Frost Studios. That sounds like a really cool deck builder roguelike from a publisher from of Chucklefish and Deadpan Games. Yep. Comes out in the holidays. So the so that's gonna hit that's gonna hit the perfect time, you know? Yeah. Another game that looked cool, I could tell like it before the game even like point two seconds into the game, I was like, this is Devolver Digital. <laughs> like they published this for sure. But Gunbrella. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real that I don't know if I'll actually like play it, one. but that game looks dope. <laughs> looks, looks, looks just ridiculous. Like a like a silly fun game. Yeah. Well yeah, I mean, uh D, I don't know how much you know about Devolver Digital, but like on the podcast they're one of our favorite publishers. Cause they okay. have a very distinct style of game they publish and they go and they find the small developers making the games that are just really on brand devolver games. And they always like help fund the games and promote the games and get them in front of more people. So that like, and kind of foster. So like you've seen Gumbrella. If you see any of the other devolver games, like ape out my friend, Pedro, my friend, Pedro hotline, Hotline Miami. Miami. Like they have a very the zero enter the gungeon. Oh yeah, they got, they got a they got a theme tone. Then I get you. Yeah, uh, this, they dropped uh, another one today too. Um, the gambling game, Card Sharks. Was that Devolver? That 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 came out this week. Yeah, uh, that, that that was dropped along with this. Yeah, they dropped they dropped the demo for it. It's a free demo later today. It came out, yeah. And uh, this Batora Lost Haven was pretty good. I feel like that game's been other places. That is one thing oh, about the, the uh, Nintendo across the board lately is they're like, we're going to talk about a lot of games that are other places already, but we're going to talk about them in the context of them coming to Switch. And for yeah. certain people, that's a selling point. For me, that is an anti-selling point. I dislike playing games on my switch because 720p 30 frames per second is just not cutting it in 2022 Mm -hmm. that's like watching a video and like watching a movie in 480p when you have the 4k option i can see that i think it really just depends on the game because that's also about to say yeah like a lot of these indies the lamb the cult of the lamb was like a, a fun game to play on a switch yeah, it's going to run just fine. Elekhead. Mm-hmm. That game oh, looks yeah, cool as shit. Elekhead looks creative. And uh, that oh, yeah, one yeah, I really like what like you're doing. It's coming to other places. 
I think it's already on PC. Oh, well, PC is a different ball of wax. Like, everything's on PC. Yeah, it's a whole different can of worms there, man. <laughs> All right. Um, so the last thing that I have on the notes that I wanted to talk about, and then I kind of brushed it earlier, is I hooked up my Steam Deck, which let's see if I can pick it up without breaking anything. Not my Steam Deck, my Steam Link. I did not get a Steam Deck. I am not one of the chosen. My Steam Link that has been sitting in the box back there in the background for years at this point. I was like, oh, I I don't have a use for this. Finally found a use for it. And while it has crashed every time I have tried to use it for that use, it is not the (laughs) device's fault that it crashed. It is something on my computer's end. So I hooked it up, got it set up. Uh, It's weird because it doesn't have a power button. So for those who don't know, the Steam Link is a like streaming dongle for that connects with Steam on your PC and essentially lets you remote play Steam games to another screen. And so I've been having a lot of screen tearing issues and stuff like that playing PC games, especially with Monster Hunter Rise recently. And so to try and deal with that, I'm like, I wonder if I could stream it to a different monitor and have it run. Cause I mean, they're literally hooked up to the, my PC and the steam link are hooked up to the same ethernet port. And I disconnected the PS4 that was hooked up to this monitor behind me because that would just be, I'd turn that way to like, fiddle around with something on PS4 because my PS5 is like part of my main setup. And, but this is, I was like, the Steam Link would give me a great way to play some of these games that I want to play on Steam with a controller on a different monitor that I'm not using for anything else. And so far it's been pretty cool, kind of spazzed out when I first plugged it up, but then it downloaded a firmware update. And since then, I've booted it up a couple times and it keeps giving me a fatal error on Monster Hunter Rise after I eat, which is like part of your pre quest like preparation. Like one of the things is your hunter has to eat a meal to go out on a hunt and on PC, like it's literally running on my PC, but it's just crashed every time I've tried to stream it to the stream, the steam link. And I'm sure there's just something weird and I probably just need to run it on my PC and see what's causing that error. Mm-hmm. But if it keeps happening. Is that going to be like a, that's going to be a deal breaker for you. I mean, I bought this thing such a long time ago. It's just kind of a cool piece of tech that I decided to mess around with. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if it ends up not working out, I'll just put it back in the box, put it back there, and it'll be part of the display. Uh, if it works, I mean, it's it'll be a convenient way to... There are a lot of games that I've gotten on Steam that I know that I like, like Persona 4 Golden, Nier Automata. Like, I'll just kind of see these games on a really good sale and scoop them up because I know I like these games. And... 
a lot of these games, like Persona 4 Golden specifically, the only other platform it's on is Vita. And it's more effort for me to get my Vita out, get it charged, like deal with all that stuff where I could just boot it up on Steam and know I'll have a solid experience. So this is just kind of something like I'm typically not like my PC's more so for work. Like it's for podcasting, it's for streaming, it's for Discord, it's for like Twitch, all these different things. Like even though my PC is capable of gaming, my PlayStation 5 runs games better than my PC does. You're just trying to have some fun. I feel you. Yeah. Just, you know, tinkering around. Yeah. Found a game that I'm consistently playing because I haven't played anything consistently on PC for a while, but I'm replaying Monster Hunter Rise, getting ready for the expansion at the end of next month. And so just replaying it like I got it on sale on Steam. And so this is just going to be another way for me to play it. All right, so typically we do one more thing. Uh, That's just if either you have anything you want to throw out before the episode ends, like, D, you'll definitely have a chance to plug FTO Nerd Talk, which is, again, just, like, a really... Your content, you're really consistent as far as, like, putting out a lot of content and, like, it's a great way to stay informed on a lot of things in nerd culture that I'm not as like caught up on like for me personally. And so, but then again, like your tweets, you'll tweet out who saw the Jujutsu Kaisen movie. And I was like, there's a lot of posts that are like engageable (laughs) on that level too. So like, I highly recommend just on, is it FTO nerd talk everywhere? Yes. Across the board, is there? There's an S on Instagram. I can't get rid of that damn S, and no one else has an FTO Nerd Talk page. So why I can't get rid of the S on Instagram? It's beyond me. But I let it go. Instagram it seems like it seems like so. But yeah, it's FTO Nerd Talk across the board. Uh, Pinterest, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Vero. Vero is where I spend. Or I'm trying to spend a lot more of my time because they uh, I'm a paid partner with them. Uh, nice. Yeah, they're they're a social media platform. So if uh, Trump comes back to Twitter, that is where I'm headed, probably exclusively. It's probably going to be Instagram and Vero. So yeah. And I, I don't want to stir the pot too much, but I've been very public about the fact that I think that before Trump like took it too far and started utilizing his power on Twitter, his tweets are funny to read. It would just be like reading someone throwing a temper tantrum very publicly and like humiliating themselves and saying idiotic. <laughs> Repeatedly, like, yeah. Right. So it was like, for me, it was kind of like a comedy For thing. as funny as it was, it was equal parts sad. Because it's like, he's a, now, he's, now he's a traitor. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like you, you can't entice an insurrection and still... <laughs> And so, like, if they, I, if we're not we're not cool. If things aren't cool anymore, what? I was just kidding. It's whatever. Come on, I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you need to leave. I mean, if he comes back now with the like 
minuscule amount of power that he has, and like yeah, I wouldn't say minuscule. Yeah, no. politics. He's he's been he's been lobbying for a lot of different politicians across the U.S. It's uh, he, it's not has it's it not been minuscule. working? <laughs> yes, yes, it has. In the primaries, like all the most of the Republican nominees are winning because they got backing from Trump. But like that's that's a whole different show. That's a whole different like, podcast. Yeah. We're definitely starting to get into crunch time again about where I need to start paying attention. Like I know uh, in Georgia we have the governor's race coming up, right? Yeah, yeah. Got uh, Stacey Abrams and uh, Brian Kemp. Okay. Oh, Brian Kemp, Brian Kemp, and uh, Purdue going at it first, and Dan Stacey Abrams and whomever wins that is going to be going at it. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, you know the the blue in Atlanta that was able to make Georgia a blue state in the last election is able to come back out again. And, you know, you know, uh, can, we, can we, can we outvote cheating? Uh, <laughs> a lot of people are voting uh, independent so they can do both. So a lot of people are voting independent to get Brian Kemp to, uh, to uh, to go on against Stacey Abrams because Trump isn't backing him. He called uh, Brian Kemp a, a rhino, R-I-N-O, that's a Republican in name only. So he won't be backing Brian Kemp, so they won't get any Trump's endorsement. So people are voting for Brian Kemp, so Stacey Abrams will more than likely win the gubernatorial race. So Yeah, I voted for her last time. There was crazy yeah. voter suppression in that election, but yes, there was. I definitely yes, there was. I oh, went through goodness. the bullshit and cast my ballot for Stacey last time, so yeah. down to do she it lost. again. She only lost about 20,000, so yeah. Right. Voters, was, and all 20,000 of that was voter suppression. Yeah. And many different ways. And like from like voters not being able to get to the polls to buses being stopped by cops because they couldn't go to the polls. Like it was a lot yeah. of, yeah. Yeah, all types of shenanigans going on. All, all the podcasts that you listen to, listen to, I listen to mostly just NPR news podcasts. That's that's my whole list. That and Trevor Noah, the Daily Show. That's, that's Oh, about. yeah. I use uh, Trevor <laughs> yeah. Noah. I haven't been following Trevor Noah as much, but I know for a long time, Trevor Noah and uh, Hassan Minaj, because he was on the Daily Show for a period of time. But then, then he, he had went, a Netflix show. Yeah, yeah, the Patriot Act, that was, that was a top-tier show. Like I, I thoroughly like as part Indian, like definitely identified with a lot. Like that for me was a great show of representation. You know, he put a he put a lot of things like uh, in front of us that like we we did not see until he started talking about us. So I agree with you completely. Yeah. All right. So remember, you can follow us all collectively around the internet. CheesyControllerPodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Anton Six Six or Three X's Madrid. Where can people find you? Three uh, Piece Set Podcast. Also Speedwagon X. All right, indeed. One more time for the people listening at home. Where can people find you? I am D with F Two Nerd Talk. You can find me anywhere you find F Two Nerd Talk. Just go to Google and type in F Two Nerd Talk. I'll also be at MomoCon 2022 on uh, May 27th. Uh, just hanging out with me and uh, Urban Sama, talking, interviewing. Uh, I probably have mask up, mask down every once in a while, just uh, talking to random people, doing interviews, and just taking videos and pictures. So if you're there, feel free to say hi. I may have like some stickers for you. I'll be rocking my hopefully coming soon FTO shirt. And uh, you know, that's uh, I need some of those FTO stickers. <laughs> like we got to find a way to link up IRL soon because. 
I saw uh, you post one that you put up, and I was like, yeah, I could definitely use the FTO Nerd Talk sticker. Someone, someone's been sticking them all around Smyrna. I don't know who that person is, but they've been like tagging Smyrna like crazy with FTO stickers. He's a, they're a wild person, whomever they are, but, uh, <laughs> but I thank them for it. <laughs> they're vengeful. <laughs> All right, this has been a no Um The video version is edited by Lana Twist and Mind. The audio version is edited by I Know Jones. Until next time, keep it cheesy.